Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Hello, welcome to episode 45 of the Real Flicks podcast. A couple quick things right off the top. Uh, we got brand new art. It's nice and blue and black and white. It looks so crisp and clean, so thanks again. It looks like school colors. Almost. It's, it's almost like Cody and I went to a high school. <laughs> we went to a high school? These colors. Interesting. Actually, I didn't realize that until you had brought it up, so I guess <laughs> that's subconsciously <laughs> just in there. So shout out to Homer High School, Doug Bennett and the King. Uh, <laughs> King King Walrus, but uh, yeah. So shout out to Josh Needle for for that. And w- since we're talking about him, uh, he'll he's he's again he's he's fine. He'll be back soon. Uh, we love him. Keeping him in our hashtag thoughts and prayers, which I say kind of sarcastically, but also not because we do love him. Yeah. But uh, we do have something to get to. Just off the top, we kind of we mentioned it last week. So the Suicide Squad predictions are in. They're oh, finalized. Yeah. So let's take a look. I got wrecked. The mo- well, with an R- C K E D or K T? Oh, K T. Okay. That's yeah. That's R E K T. Wrecked. Get wrecked. I got demolished. <laughs> uh, so the movie obviously did not do well critically. Ended up at twenty-seven percent with. Um, <clears throat> well, I think it's. Uh, I gave it a I three out of ten. I don't think that is accurate at all. I gave it a three out of ten. So I'm kind of. Uh, you're can, there. You're on the. I can see that. Um, you're part of the problem. I'm sorry. That's just story of my life. But <laughs> um, so yeah, I ended up at 27 percent. An opening weekend take of 133.7 million dollars. So that's a lot of money. It currently it sits worldwide right now at 370, which is a very good start. But still, that was the closest. Uh yeah, but uh. Mexico, Mexico and China. It's still not going to get released there, so the money in it is questionable. Because apparently, they apparently reports from um, like media reports, I guess, are saying that the movie needs to do around eight hundred million dollars. So they're halfway there, but I don't know. Without China to give you a boost, I'm not so sure it makes it there. Are they living on a prayer? <laughs> there, yes, just about. <laughs> that reminds me of something coming up in the movie that we're going to be talking about. So I can't wait. Oh for that. boy. Uh, but yeah, so $133 million, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. I obviously won the Rotten Tomatoes. I was at 43% initially, but you guys talked me up to 45 just to go back. Sorry. You just like clean numbers, whatever, whatever. But I still won, so go me. And then for money, Josh had $115 million. I had $100 million flat, and Cody had 150 So the difference... In between those is leans towards Cody, I think. So I win. Let's see, 115 minus 133, so 18, 17. So yeah, you were closer, Cody, by the skinny <sighs> teeth. By the skinny. Woo! So that's the. I think that's the first. No, no, because I swept one. But uh, yeah, Josh didn't do well in that one. Surprising. He's usually on top of that. But I think I think that's that's um that's the universe telling him to follow his heart. With uh, picking a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think that was just such an easy way out. So mad, but oh well, I won. Woohoo! What's the um next one we're gonna do that for? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. Probably. I mean, my guess would be Fantastic Beasts. Oh yeah, we're seeing that. Because that's like the next big, big blockbuster. Uh, does that come out? Is that November? Yeah, that's very early November. That's actually right before the presidential election. So. Oh really? That's gonna be a very strange moment in my life. 
Like, because I'll be going back into the world I love so much, only to maybe come out in a world that I will hate. <laughs> but it doesn't I look like that right I had a dream the other night. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I had this dream, but I had a dream that Donald Trump won. Oh, boy. And I woke up terrified. I mean, that's... Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was so scared. It's... He's he is having a bad time. I don't oh, know. he's gonna lose. By the way, if anybody out there, if you like Trump, then I, I by no means look down on you as a person for liking Trump. I get why people I get why people like him. If you know he's he is the anti-establishment guy, and he's you know everything that quote the politicians I guess aren't in some ways. But so I don't know. I I, I don't like the guy, but if you like him, then you're completely entitled to. Come yeah, on, the, you you're allowed to have your own opinion. Yeah, come on, the show. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rip off your. Uh... Yeah, bumper sticker or your sign on your lawn. Yeah, not a monster. Yeah, come on the show. We'll talk about it. Or yeah, that might be fun. <laughs> Looking for guests. Yeah. Uh. No. Yeah. So. The, yeah. The, the next big. Uh. The next big movie is actually Doctor Strange. Because I guess Fantastic Beasts is later in the month. It's uh the 18th. Oh boy. So Fantastic Beasts is the f- or yeah. So Fantastic Beasts is the 18th. Doctor Strange is the fourth. So my guess would be that we would talk about it then. So that'd be an, that'd be an interesting conversation. I bet. I wonder. Can I talk about Harry Potter before we see that? Yeah, the week before we're doing a retrospective. Oh boy, I need I'm to watch so them. excited. I don't even need to watch him. Like I just know him. You can do it anyway. I feel the movie. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my my uh my marathon in a couple like a month later. So it'll probably I might be Harry Pottered out a little bit. So. You should just push it back. No, I gotta do it. I gotta do it right after Christmas, cause it it's a, they're Christmas. Uh, a majority of them are Christmassy movies, so. I add one scene. Well, that, that's enough for me. Like, uh, <laughs> like, like there's Christmas scenes in um, Sorcerer's Stone. I'm pretty sure there's one in Chamber of Secrets. Azkaban, a lot of it takes place in the winter, so close enough. Not so much Goblet of Fire. And um, I think um, in Chamber of Secrets, that's the one where he gets a sweater, right? No, no, that's that's Sorcerer's Stone. That's Sorcerer's Stone. Wow. Chamber Secrets. This is Weasley is the goat. Yeah, Chamber of Secrets is when I think when Harry go and Ron go back to the burrow, and then uh, Half Blood Prince. They have there's a Christmas party, and then Deathly Hallows one. They go to Godric's Hollow at Christmas time. So they're Christmas movies in my head. All right. So I guess that's justification. I, I mean, you're wrong, but it's okay. I'd, I've accepted that. I've accepted that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so moving on to some of the news of the day, let's talk about Star Wars, Cody. Oh wow! Let's talk about so different. Some, some Star Wars, some space fights. As as we all know, last night uh, they dropped the f- second trailer to the second official trailer for Rogue One. It's the last one. Is it the last one? Uh, I would guess not. Because how many how many so. trailers did Force Awakens get? Two. I think they had. Well, they had the teaser. Way they back got the then. one where it was um, just Finn popping up out of nowhere and spooking yeah. everybody. Well, that was a teaser. Yeah. So and that... then you got the one. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, not cry. Um, <laughs> you didn't sweat out of my eyes. You sweat out of your eyes, right? Right. But no, I think I think we're gonna get a trailer probably with Doctor Strange would be my guess, and that's gonna be like the action trailer. That would be just, that's just my guess. To like show battles and stuff like that. Well, I, I I don't want any more Darth Vader. I'm not gonna lie. You don't want any. I don't want any more. Yeah. I don't think that they needed to show them at all. Tell you the truth. If if they were going to, I'm glad that they did yeah, it this I'm way. I'm glad they did it that way. It wasn't too much. Yeah. So let's um. So let's dive deep. Let's dive. Let's dive into this. First of all, 
Um, just what what was your first what was your first impression of Rogue One? Like what when you when very the... impressed. Uh, my first thing that came into my mind was wow, there's not gonna be any Jedi in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're not even gonna pretend that the Jedi are a thing, which I like. Right. Because the other day I was watching, I watched Empire or I watched uh, shit. I watched A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. Turn of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. Mm, that's a good. That's a good time. A fun time. <laughs> Almost as good as watching all the Star, all the Harry Potter movies in one day. But... It took a lot less time. That's true. But I, I, yeah, as you were saying. And in the first movie, they they make it seem that the Force is just a dead thing, which is mm. cool. And I think that if they keep trying to go for that tradition, like if they're trying to get that. What's the word I'm looking for? Tone back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very interesting that they're trying to keep it consistent. Yeah. I mean, this already it already feels to me like, um, like a Star Wars movie. It feels like it completely belongs within everything, and we've only seen a couple of trailers. And I think mm-hmm. this one even my my first thought after it was over is just like this this feels this feels like Star Wars, which. Mm-hmm. Which you, which you can look at and say, well, obviously, duh. But we had three <laughs> movies very recently that did that not did feel, not like, Star feel Wars. like Star Wars. Yeah, they didn't like Star Wars at all. So I think um, so with with Force Awakens, yeah, you got Kazden coming back, you've got Harrison Ford and uh, and all those guys coming back. So yeah, it's gonna feel like Star Wars there. But this one, I wasn't sure, I wasn't so sure. But now I, th- I, I think I am. Um, it just seems it seems like it has a tone down right, and I'm really excited about that. And just the look of this movie is. Like it's, I think this is already the best looking Star Wars movie. I just think it's so, it's got such a cool look to it, and it's got a really good aesthetic. I agree. Yeah, and I'm not sure who this uh, cinematographer is. I'm looking it up Deserves right now, a but metal. yeah, I mean, I, I don't, just, I, we don't know, we don't know because it's so early. But if they, if he, if this guy ends up with a best cinematography Oscar nomination, I think it's, I think that would be well deserved. So yeah, this oh, guy. Yeah. He shot nothing, nothing, nothing. Ooh, Let Me In. That's a really good movie. You ever seen that? No, I don't think so. It's, it's excellent. It's a vampire movie, but it's not like a stupid one. It's like oh, is that like super Swedish or whatever? Yeah, but it's this is a remake. Oh, I tried watching the original once. Yeah, didn't yeah. work out very well. Right, Chloe Grace Moretz is in it, so you're gonna have to kind of put that out oh. of your mind. But, but she's a good there. actress. I like her. It's a gorgeous looking movie. He also did Zero Dark Thirty. Still uh, need to see. And Fox, and Foxcatcher. So this guy's his name is Greg Frazier. This guy obviously knows what he's doing, and he's really good at it. So, um, but yeah, just uh, the movie. It somehow it's very like earthy. Like there's a lot of earthy colors. Your your dark browns. Your lighter it seems browns. more grounded. I mean, it's a <laughs> fucking yeah. hat. It, it's, <laughs> it's um, I know it's a fucking space movie, mm-hmm. but it seems more grounded in reality than right other science fiction movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like just, and I think that's very impressive to do with a Star Wars movie. Right, like just compared to Star Trek, I think it's, since we've had that come out this year, it's, I think it's obviously... It's so much better than Star yeah. Trek. And just, I imagine. And again, the scale that Gareth Edwards brings to this, I mean, there's one of the opening shots is a, is a, is a tilt up to this like castle or something like that, and there's a Star Destroyer just hovering right above it. God. Like that's so... They're using, so cool. they're using those Star Destroyers great yeah. in the trailers. And the shadows are gorgeous. 
there's a the CGI I found it was a little bit dodgy, but this is only I'm kind of kind of scrolling through some stuff. I'm sure that's going to be cleaned up towards the end. It just I mean, I just hope that they show the stormtroopers that they're fighting in yeah. this movie since Gareth Edwards is directing it. <laughs> when are you going to let that go? Never because that movie's supposed to be good and it's not because of that. Well, he had such a good opportunity. But how awesome was it when it all happened? That was so Well, good. for the 10 minutes he was on screen, it was cool. Yeah, okay. Okay. Imagine if he was on the screen for I don't know, an hour. That would be cool. I like Godzilla. I think it's a good movie. Not a great yeah, movie. That's a lie. It's a theater movie. But uh this scene where um my favorite one of my favorite shots of this whole trailer is when uh Jin Ursa and Discount Oscar Isaac are in like they're in the cockpit together. <laughs> and you there's there's a shot from behind, you see him sitting in the seat and you see the landscape out in front of him and there's this kind of like warm, kind of dusk like color that's like uh, that's bathing his face. It just looks kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so talk a little bit more about... Oh, okay, well, the other shot, when when the spaceship is, like, going through the kind of... Not mountains, but they just... There's, like, a jagged rocks, and there's lightning off in the distance. Ah, uh, it just... It looks so beautiful. It looks so cool. Let me get another look in here. I'm gonna... I'm gonna watch it again. Just, like, it just... I think the, the other thing I like about this... That... I think it even does better than the original trilogy where it's like one of the big things about the original trilogy is that it looks so weathered and worn and used whereas the prequels aren't like they're just on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I think I think this takes like the used worn look to the nth degree. I think it it looks even more gritty and kind of rough and just yeah that's what I meant when I was talking earlier. Yeah exactly and I mean some of the action looks pretty great. Stormtroopers are cool. I'm not so sure about the robot because. I feel like he's trying to be Tars. Yeah, I was about to say, like, he's like, oh, we have a 97% chance of, you know, success or living or whatever. I was like, it's just, it's Tars. That's, that's what Tars would say. The man told me not to kill you. <laughs> it's like a mix of Tars and, th- and C-3PO, which was kind of, that's okay. It's just a little Can weird. We talk about the score now that I'm uh, listening to it again. Oh, the yeah. The subtle uh, Empire March in this trailer is amazing. Well, you know who did that score, right? Who did it? Alexandre Desplat. What else has he done? Uh, well, my favorite work of his is Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Of course. Which is my, I would say, my favorite score from the series. I know, even with the John Williams, I think that one, I think the work he did in it was gorgeous. Uh, he did Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part One and Two, which was incredible. Um, something. Oh wait, hold on. Sorry. But yeah, they just up? did that scene um, where the Death Star passes in front of the sun. Oh, my God. That uh, is amazing. I cry. Yeah. That's probably going to be my new uh, background. <laughs> uh, Despot also did the in- Imitation Game, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. You didn't like Grand Budapest Hotel score? Uh, no, I said I saw that. Okay, yeah. That's a good uh, It was really quirky. Yeah. It fit the movie well. Yeah. He also did the Ghost Rider. Um, oh, poor guy. No, writer. That's a oh, really good movie. Oh, okay. I thought you said writer. I know. I keep... Whenever I mention <laughs> that movie, people judge me. They're like, Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. I'm like, no, I just can't pronounce my T's very well. Just come, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, no, he's he's done some... He's done kind of like some franchisey... Between franchisey and little stuff for a long time. Oh, he did Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's one of my favorites ever. I've never seen that. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's a Wes Anderson movie. But now he's kind of getting into this 
Star Wars, Light Between Oceans, you know, stuff like that. Like he's. Light Between Oceans. I'm excited for that. Yeah, he. I think he's going to be the next big thing as far as composers go. I Desplot is. Do you think is that fabulous. they will? Um... I want him to do a Batman TBH. But... Yeah. Do you think he's going to? What am I trying to say, buddy? Take over for John Williams when the inevitable happens. I think I think Hans Zimmer's already put himself in that. And if it's I well, I guess Michael G. Giacchino or Giacchino. Oh, he worked on him with. Uh, yeah. Force Awakens, right? Yeah, he did a little bit. I think Giacchino is probably the more he's the most John Williams type of anybody because he has these big, swooping scores that like that suck you in and are just not they're iconic but not really that iconic. They're really well made, but they're not iconic. I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. I don't think there's I don't think there's somebody that can replace John Williams, but. I could I see Hans Zimmer or Giacchino kind of stepping into that kind of a role. I where mean, I don't know about Hans Zimmer doing that though. Could you imagine his score for Star Wars? I think it'd be cool. It would just sound like Inception. Well, that's, I think. I imagine all of it a lot. I mean, well, Hans Zimmer, he's much more versatile than people give him credit for. Like, yeah, yeah, he's gotta done. Gotta admit that a lot of his stuff sounds the same. Yeah, I, I, I would I, say I can... probably his most. Um, unique score would probably be interstellar mm-hmm. or maybe um maybe i'm maybe i'm biased because that's my favorite score of his and my favorite score ever but i don't well, know interstellar he's... is amazing but yeah i'm just trying to like i was playing modern warfare 2 yeah i don't know if you ever played that one no i don't think so but he did the music for it hmm. and there was one scene in particular you're defending a burger king <laughs> or Burger Town, or whatever the fuck they called it in that game. Yeah. From a bunch of Russians who were invading the United States. Mm-hmm. And they just started playing, like, the theme, the despair theme from, like, Batman Begins. And I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> Not even subtle anymore. Yeah. Well, but he's, he's, he's done a good, a wide range of stuff. Like, he's done, he's done things like Frost Nixon, which are very, sm- much smaller, sort of dialogue driven dramas he's done obviously the big stuff like batman inception interstellar uh he's also done stuff like the da vinci code which i think is an underrated movie and is a really cool strings oriented score like he's i like him i guess is what i'm trying to say i think yeah, i think not Zimmer, saying that he's bad i like him a lot too does he does he kind of follow he's followed the same beats that he's already done maybe yeah it's yeah it's you can tell you can always tell it's a Hans zimmer movie though yeah I don't Whenever know. his score comes up, you're like, oh gosh, I recognize this. This is well, it's <laughs> it's definitely not going back to John Williams. It's definitely not going to be Junkie XL. So I'm very oh, thankful. Oh, thank for God! That. Even though you, uh, they just like, <laughs> oh my God, like fuck off. Yeah, I like At least bass drums. Get in with the movie. I like bass drums as much as the next guy, but he needs to calm down. Uh, mm-hmm. back to the Rogue One teaser. Yes. <laughs> Another great thing is the eclipse that happens about a minute ten in. That I just talked about. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought you were talking about something different. Sorry. No. Nope, yeah. Uh, yeah. When he eclipses, when it eclipses the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then we get another shot of Ben Mendelsohn, looking super mad and furious. Not not Thrawn though. Not Thrawn. Not Thrawn. But basically Thrawn. But yeah. Even though Thrawn's canon again, which is awesome. Yeah. And then we get some shots of the beach, and I thought this would be the spot where we would get Darth Vader going to town. Just going bananas on some guys. Yeah, just going absolutely bananas. We didn't, but we did get some cool just battles and fights, and I think that's what this movie is. Maybe that's what it's selling, because I think it is selling, like, oh, the 
it's selling that it's a part of the new hope and original trilogy canon but i think people are looking to this to see a different kind of star wars fight like a star wars battle scene because we get the whole we get the lightsabers and those are great i love those but something tough like something world war ii ish in a star wars setting kind of sounds awesome yeah that's that's what i imagine that beach scene's gonna be like it's gonna be like the opening to uh saving private ryan but Mm -hmm. a lot more tame yeah (laughs) well i mean and the movie's rated PG-13, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You're right. It's gonna be a little bit more tame, but I, I see that as being like I think the beach scene. It just seems to me that that happens. I think it's gonna happen towards the end of the movie. I'm gonna say it's probably the climax of the movie. Okay. I mean, but well, like Star Wars, one of the things they like to do the most, and which kind of bugs me, is um, non-linear editing. Like they weave in and out of stuff. Like the thing I annoys me most about. Uh, Star Wars 6, what's it called, Return of the Jedi, Jedi yeah. is that I really don't care about what's going on on Endor, I just want to see the Luke and Vader and that kind yes. of stuff, and it just keeps cutting back and forth, where it's like, no, go, just go back, go back, go back to that, and I'm worried that they're going to Finish gonna one thing. Yeah, just finish one thing and we'll get to the other, because I can't, I can't, it's too much to ask, it's too much to ask of my brain to keep following this stuff when I know I want to see one of these more, so that's a personal thing, but um, so, so there's some more of uh, the spaceships driving through the fog of like those cave sort of things and shooting stuff and then when the guy takes a rocket launcher to the ATAT oh and it's like fuck yeah and it just and it hits it like that's so cool oh that hurt yeah <laughs> and it moves and then you got the ship going through like a crumbling something and going into light speed and there's more blowing up and Jyn Ursa being a badass so what do you what does this trailer make you does this change your opinion on Jyn Ursa or are you does it enhance your opinion did I have a bad opinion of her I think I think you thought she no no that was was that me I thought she was kind of lame it might have been I don't know I always liked her I thought that she was gonna be pretty cool oh no I hated I didn't like the line from I'm a rebel I rebel yeah yeah that's pretty lame yeah but the rest of it's great yeah I think she's gonna be fine yeah she's gonna be... when she just mad dogs that tie fighter that was awesome yeah she's definitely Ray's mom so no she's not I'm just saying I don't happen. see that happening at all. I, 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 I agree that that probably isn't what's going to happen to be lame if they did. So they ended on her sort of joining up with everybody. But the real sh- – the, the cherry on the Sunday is Darth Vader. Like all he does is stand there for not even two seconds. Grease. And it's so cool. It's just so cool. So what do you think – what do you think about how they used Darth Vader? Are you glad, you're glad that they did what they did and kept him yeah, – uh, If they had to include him in a trailer, yeah, I'm glad they did it that way and not – Mm-hmm. just look at Darth Vader look at Darth Vader remember Star Wars yeah now looking looking back at it I'm 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 not as surprised that they didn't show him doing stuff because kind of like I, I told you guys via text and I, uh that I found it weird that Disney especially was advertising this movie on an NBC network, which is not like it. Disney and ABC and ESPN are one spot, and then NBC is another. So they broadcast it during the Olympics. I didn't. Ex- I really didn't think that they would do anything too crazy with as far as Darth Vader goes, because that kind of that's almost steals the spotlight away even more a little bit. But people mm-hmm. are going to be watching this, so I I don't know. Long way of saying I think that um there's going to be like like with Force Awakens. There's going to be a Monday night football game sometime in the fall, like uh, maybe probably late October, early November. I know what I forgot about that trailer. Yeah, around Doctor Strange time. I think that's that. I think they're going to do something like that again, where they 
they pick a Monday Night Football game and they put it, uh, put the Star Wars trailer there, and then that'll be the one with Darth Vader, and then when you can buy your tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I think they'll do. And some... then Fandango will go down. I don't know. I got I got tickets for opening night, so I didn't I didn't really didn't think that that I didn't get it the first showing, which I was kind of bummed about, but it was like the second or something like that. Yeah, first showing. It was yeah. awesome. Um. Yeah. So like October thirty first is the is Monday Night Football. Uh, or is a Monday Night Football game between the Vikings and the Bears, and it's on Halloween night. So, I think that kind of writes yeah. itself. That that's gonna be, <laughs> um, that's gonna be when the trailer comes out. So I would. That's what I would say. I'd say October thirty first is probably when we're gonna get our next trailer. That's my guess. Do you have How any? How am I supposed to give kids candy? I'm watching Star Wars trailer. Yeah, that's eat. true. That's a really. <laughs> who would who would schedule Halloween on Monday Night Football night? How dare they? Bunch of jerks. Bunch of jerks. That's a, and then that's a big game too. Like for those that don't know sports out there, Vikings and Bears is like probably probably one of the well, it it's a pretty big rivalry. Not as big as some like Bears and Packers is probably the biggest one in the NFL, but that's a significant matchup. And they're probably going to be good teams. So you never. Know. Only team I care about are the New York um, <laughs> Jets. J E T S. The New York Patriots. Exactly, those guys. But uh, some final thoughts in the trailer, Cody. What 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 did you like the most? What are you looking forward to for next time? And uh, do you have any concerns? I have no concerns. I think that this movie is gonna be great. I really really liked pretty much everything that I saw. Mm-hmm. I think that it's gonna be a very different movie than we've seen before, but I think it's gonna be a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's. A good thing. Yeah. Different isn't always bad. Exactly. Uh, I'm excited about it as well. I think it's going to be cool. Um, my only concern, I guess, is that I did see something on Twitter that I that later it turned out to be true because it was in the trailer and I could tell, is that there's a scene where they're walking some of the rebel pilots through um, the market, you know? Yeah. And I guess in the teaser trailer, it showed the pilot in the very front. He had like a scrape on his forehead and a little bit of blood coming out. Whereas this one, I guess they digitally cleaned him up so he doesn't have any more blood on him. Okay. I'm not saying that you need to show a guy getting his head cut off, but just give this a little bit of like dried blood to make this feel like a war, I guess. And it seems like Disney... And... No, they showed blood in uh, Force Awakens. That's true. That's true. Uh, and that's, I guess, that's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that, because really, what difference does it make? I mean, just a little bit of blood doesn't affect whether I like, I like a plot, but I don't know, it'd just be a nice thing to have, not, nothing too violent, just something to make the world feel a little bit, like I said, a little Realistic. bit tougher. Yeah, yeah. tough guys. Oh, just tough guys doing Star Wars stuff, but that's okay. So Star Wars, Rogue One, coming soon, can't wait. Very excited. It's your most anticipated of the year, right? So far, yeah. That's good. Until something else comes around. <laughs> Which I don't see anything else coming out. Yeah. Unless they do another uh, gorilla. Harambe. Well, that's not where I was going with that, but I like it. <laughs> Harambe movie. That needs that needs to happen. Where Denzel how long, Washington. How long until you think? Denzel and um and my not my Rudolph. Denzel and who's the girl from James Bond? Naomi Harris play the kid's parents. And Andy Serkis, of course, plays uh, Harambe. Of course. That would be a good movie. I would sign up for that one. <laughs> All right, let's Producers, move on. Producers, let's go. Let's go. Come on. get Crack the whip, you guys. Uh, let's talk about uh, Sausage Party, Cody. Okay. 
So, I guess I'll start off by saying that this movie caught me off guard. I did not expect it to be this funny. I honestly didn't. I saw the trail. I saw that first trailer that made me die laughing. I thought it was hysterical. I said, "All right, well, I guess that's the best." Like, okay, that's I. I I said to myself, "I was like, well, that's probably gonna be the best scene in the movie, and then the rest of it's gonna be, you know, the rest of it'll be fine." But I just I just got out of it about four hours ago, and I loved it. It is. I, I'm, it's the funniest movie of the year. I'm relatively comfortable saying. I thought Deadpool was also funny, but that I definitely I don't like that movie more. So I'm you kind not of not like that movie more. Or you do like that movie more. I don't. I definitely like this more than Deadpool because Deadpool did have those kind of ebbs and flows of like where it it didn't consistently entertain me. Sausage Party did, but some of the com- the comedy is about even. But the movie is I, I like this one better. But um, so yeah, Sausage Party, funniest movie of the year. Doubt that that's, Savage. I doubt that that's gonna be, it's gonna be upstaged. Just looking at kind of what we have, I don't unless there's like an Anchorman or something like that. Then I doubt. I mean, none of us saw Nine Lives though. That is true because that that was probably the actual funniest movie of the year. It's fun, fun for the whole family. Most important. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Spacey plays a cat. It's a cute cat too. And Christopher it's Walken's nice. in it. It's perfect. That's a, that might be a perfect movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see that. Uh, <laughs> but Cody. Some initial thoughts on Sausage Party. I really, really liked most of this movie. Oh, interesting. There's one scene in particular that I didn't like, but we'll talk about that later. Well, let's well, talk about it now. So, let's so, talk, okay, spoilers, so spoilers all. Ahead. Yeah. The orgy was fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. That was the worst scene in the movie by far. It was funny for about three seconds, and then it just was dumb. It went on way too long. <laughs> Really? I didn't know They were just was... trying to see how long they could get it going for and I was like, "All right, guys, you get it." Okay. You're fucking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's um I can buy let's that. Calm down. Let's let's get to the root of the comedy, please. Yeah. Just let's let's move on. I think I think overall this movie it kind of it sort of didn't know what its ending was, which no, I think it's was not. which is probably my main issue with it cuz it it had this I guess we'll, we'll talk about the ending now. Why the hell not? So, obviously, it's just got spoiler. super meta at the end. Yeah, because, like, um, so they, they go to this they go to this um, spot between the aisles where these non-perishables, which I thought was really funny, how that there's these fun. non-perishable food items that are, like, overseeing everything. That was hysterical. And they go to, they walk in, like, this portal to take them to the real world, like, our Yeah, world. because they figured out that, yeah. They're cartoons, and yeah. this is a movie. Which was really funny, by the way. But, yeah, I laughed. But, so they walk through the portal, and then nothing happens. Yeah, I was like, wait, because I, I, thought, I thought that the, 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 the cast in live action would be there, and they would like all become, so like Frank the Hot Dog would become Seth Rogen, and the bun would become Kristen Wiig. I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't. I'm like, are you setting up for a sequel, or like what, what's happening here? Uh, and it was just, yeah, it didn't know what it wanted, obviously. But, I mean, the rest of the movie was really, really funny. Yeah, absolutely. It was And it was hysterical. actually really insight, insightful, insightful and really smart at a couple of points. Yeah. But then it just ruined it. Really? You think that, you the think that orgy, orgy, orgy it killed it for me? Really? Like, I'm knocking it down a whole point because I hated that scene so much. Wow. I did not think that that... It was just so out of place and just 
so unnecessary. I don't think it was out of place because they did. It was a plot point. I mean, okay, it, it, okay, okay. Not out of place. Overplayed, okay. not overplayed. Just it was too long. It was over the top. You think? It was. It was just too much. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But um, so I guess moving back to the beginning. Uh, yes. Uh, the main, <laughs> the main conflict of this movie. So it's it's a supermarket, and I guess the best way for me to describe this is, it's a mix between like Toy Story, and super bad like if you combine those two movies you pretty much get sausage party absolutely which is i think it's funny i think that's a yes. funny idea um so basically it's it's set in, it's set in a world where groceries and products are alive in like a separate dimension but they're you know they're they're alive and they are sentient and they can communicate and have feelings and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah and they're 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 sold this false idea of a great beyond. So, like, once you leave the store, you go, and basically they think that you get almost adopted by the... by. Yeah, the, they take care of you. Yeah, the gods. Like, they take care of you. They're super nice to you. And and I think this is a really funny idea for a movie where the, the, the mustard is bought, and he's, like, super psyched with going to the afterlife, but the guy that bought him... He got the wrong kind of mustard, and he brings him back. And the, the honey mustard gets, like, super... He like freaks out and then he kills himself because <laughs> he's like seen the truth and he like they have to can they have to get down to the truth of like well what is this world are we being Why told the right thing so bananas and all that yeah it was um it was clever it was a clever allegory mm-hmm. and just that by seeing good. the by, by seeing the first trailer I think what I expected was I, I expected this movie and that's the only trailer I've seen so I'm kind of basing it off this I expected the movie to be more set at the homeowner's house where where like I don't know. 90% of the movie took place in the supermarket, which was by yeah, far yeah. the right decision to make. Like, they should have... I'm so glad that they kept it here because they're just... There's just so... And you, you saw in that first 10 minutes with the song, there's so much you can do in this place. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> the the Hitler sauerkraut. Oh, my God. The Don't best. Even, that killed me. That was... That, I was the only person... I wasn't the only person laughing, but I was by far the loudest laugher at that scene. I went bananas. That was the funniest part of the whole movie. Yeah, there's like all the because like they have all the different food products. Like there's <laughs> there's traditionally Jewish foods, and they have Sammy Bagel Jr. played by Edward Norton, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Was, I me neither. I had no idea. I was like, it's this is probably just some random like Manny Patinkin or something like that. But it's like, yeah. oh, that's Edward freaking Norton. Okay, <laughs> but like there's so these different sections. Like there's um. Like the me- like, just look, think of a grocery store. Like the Mexican food section, those are all they're like. It's like Little Spain almost, and there's super racist. The German, uh, it was funny, and but... I think that was the point though. Like yeah. it was so stereotypical. Yeah, that's it was hilarious. What's wrong with that? Nothing, <laughs> and, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I know, like I'm just it. saying to people that would complain about that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that's it's called a comedy, you guys. It's that's the point of it. And there's like a German food section where it's like they're all Nazis. <laughs> they're straight up. There's <laughs> like... a scene. There's a scene later in the movie where um. They're talking about uh, the non-perishables. We're talking about how they came up with the idea of the great beyond and how it became. <laughs> it kind of run out, ran out of their uh, control. And he's like, "Yeah, everybody adopted it to uh, their own use." <clears throat> I think this morning I heard something about killing juice. <laughs> I love juice. Juice is hilarious. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. It's so it's that kind of a deal. It's. It's taking these cultures and these identities, and it's it's just making them kind of over the top and one dimensional. But it's through food, which makes it yeah, funny. Yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's the German food. Everybody's a Nazi. It's just funny. I don't know. It, I, I, 
I'm very surprised at Rotten Tomatoes especially because you know how they have a critical consensus. Yeah. They like they specifically said I'll read you the, the critical consensus right now as it loads, of course. Um, so Sausage Party, they say that it is. Sausage Party is definitely offensive, but backs up its enthusiastic profanity with an impressively high gag to laugh ratio and a surprisingly thought-provoking storyline. Yes. Why is it really worth labeling this as offensive? It's like it's a comedy. That's the point of a lot of. That's where a lot of comes always. from. Always, let's think. Did you not see the trailers at the beginning of the movie for Kevin Hart's big performance? Oh, that yeah, that was that good. movie. That is like my nemesis of movies. That movie makes me want to die. I like I I give Kevin Hart a shot. I like his stand-up. The fact that his stand-up special is getting a theatrical release makes no sense. Well, he did, he did it in a football stadium. Like that's pretty unheard of. Like yes. yeah, you people you can a lot of comics sell out like Madison Square Garden or something like that, but a football stadium that's a big deal. And I like, I, I just don't care for him. I don't think funny. he's funny. I like his stand. His movies suck, but his stand-up but, is. Let's really think. Funny. I I. Of the stand-up I've listened to, I never listen to more than two jokes because then I just start cringing too hard. True. That's fair. Um, it's okay, though. It was all clean. It wasn't offensive. So there can be non-offensive comedy. Yeah. So I think it's worth mentioning so people know that, oh, shit, sauerkraut are Nazis. That's yeah weird. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a big defender of that comedy should be done no holds barred. Like I don't think there should be any restrictions on comedy. And I'm glad that this movie came out and was so in your face and saying we really don't care if this is if this offends you. This is us. This is a sense of humor. This uh-huh. is what you know. Maybe it it may it's not politically correct, but it's funny. And I I greatly appreciate that because I love comedy is one of my great. It's one of my favorite things. I love. I love fig. I love funny things, and this movie was extremely, <laughs> extremely funny. And I'm very glad that it came out and the way it is. Apparently, there was another draft of this script that's been that was either leaked in the Sony hacks or something like that, where it was even more so offensive and How? crazy. There was apparently the char- the douche character. Apparently, he had a, a pet rat. Don't know what that. I don't know. I don't okay. know any more than that. But it's something I'm gonna look into for sure. But um, let's just talk about the characters overall. So our main character, Seth Rogen, plays Frank uh, Sausage. Uh, Kristen Wiig plays his girlfriend, Brenda Bunsen, who's a hot dog. Yeah. (laughs) Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah play two other hot dogs. Sausages. They're sausages. Uh, Whatever. They look like hot dogs to me. They were. I don't know. They didn't even make them look like sausages. That's the thing. Yeah. They were legit hot dogs. But Jonah – I think – in a, in a in a voice cast where everybody was on their A game, my favorite I think was Michael Sarah. Oh yeah, Michael Sarah killed it. Like he is such a good voice actor and just such a good actor overall. Like I know I know you and I both like to make fun of him because he is so awkward. Just, he's so awkward and quirky, but at the same time, I think he's a really fun. Oh, he's yeah, one of my he's favorite great. people to watch and just listen to. Maybe he stars not... in probably my third favorite movie of all time. Oh really? Which yeah. One? Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, that's oh no, that was your third favorite. I I don't know if it's my third favorite, but I love it's that up there. movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, but I love. I think I think he's awesome. I've never seen him in even if even if the movie he's in isn't great, I just can never take my eyes off of Michael Sarah. I think he's <laughs> just so funny. And I've started watching Arrested Development, which he's oh, in. He's great. So I'm just I'm all on board for Michael Sarah, and he was my favorite part of the movie just in general. His storyline was my favorite. It was the funniest, I'd have to say. 
because there's that one gag at the end that I know you you know what I'm talking about that we'll get to that I was the funniest thing I've I've seen in the theaters all year. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the scene with the vent? Yeah, the vent. It's the yeah. Vent. Oh my god. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, otherwise, um, uh, let's see. Craig Robinson plays Mr. Grits. Paul Rudd is the the shop manager, so he's like one of the antagonists. Nick Kroll. I did not know that that was him. That's Paul Rudd, yeah. He's a good voice actor. He should do he's, voice. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Nick Kroll, I could tell I recognized the voice. I couldn't tell how. Yeah, he's just he kind of just shows up here, but he played the douche, which he, is he was probably one of the funniest parts. Which in the movie. I'm 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 so curious as to how that meeting went down because this movie had four eyes. It's like okay, guys. So do you want to go to the Pixar route and have it like, oh, we got to do this by this time to be like, to have the circumstance be the antagonist, or do we want an antagonist? And I'm hoping that somebody's just like, what if we just got a douche and made him a douche? They're like, that's perfect. I I'm hoping that's how it went down because that would be really funny to me, and I loved this character. He was so great. No disrespect, bro. No disrespect. No disrespect. Bro. No disrespect. <laughs> like, he's just such a douche. It's you perfect. gonna come at me, bro? come at you and he just what, gets what do you mean and how during the whole thing he just he's juicing the whole time I'm juicing now <laughs> like steroids isn't like a gym douche would do steroids it's just that was so funny and they used him the the perfect amount like he was he really wasn't in the movie that much but from what he was when he was in it he was just he was over the top and hysterical and just was so so funny he was probably the best not the best part of the movie, but he was up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He got the most consistent laughs from me. Oh, really? Yeah. Him and Michael Sarah really got it. Yeah. Um, I think the most underrated uh, actor in here is somebody I don't even know, his, but his name is Scott Underwood, and he played the Twinkie, <laughs> and he played Gum, which was... <laughs> Gum, Gum was, was hilarious. That, yeah. So... And later in the movie, Michael Sarah's Michael Sarah's character he go he he he's bought and in the scene that you saw in the trailer where like all the food like the the food is realizing what happens to them right after that after Jonah Hill's character dies Michael Sarah he gets out and he <laughs> he walks around the streets and he sees the the condom oh my god the used condom <laughs> like, the they con- just they, they stretched me <laughs> <laughs> so he goes with the condom and he and he goes with this guy back to his house who was played by James Franco. And he meets a bunch of other foods that were in this guy's house, much like Toy Story with Buzz going to the – or Woody going to the Sid's, Sid's house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. How could you not love this movie, honestly? If you like Toy Story, it's basically that but X-rated. It's grown-up Toy, Toy Story. Toy Story with the food. Yeah, and, and naughty words. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so they go back and <laughs> there's this character that's a wad of gum that is like – it moves – it's in a wheelchair and it moves around and it talks like Stephen Hawking. <laughs> because and the, this is the best explanation. It's like, oh, he was a wad of gum. He was stuck under a desk of a scientist for a while. <laughs> Twenty years, they said. <laughs> so, first of all, how did he get there? <laughs> Second, of all, <laughs> he just how did he stay of, there for so long? He's just a wad of gum with glasses on. It was ridiculous. It was so funny. Uh, and um, and he was obviously uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was. They made him out to be like Stephen Hawking, which I was. will show you. <laughs> Which was hysterical. But before we get to some of the our favorite just parts of the movie, let's talk about the plot. So, like we said earlier, the plot is centered around the Great Beyond, and it's the characters' perceptions of what the Great Beyond is, and we learn all about the Great Beyond. And it's obviously like anybody with a two a second grade education can realize they're like they're talking about religion, which was oh, really yeah. interesting. Oh yeah. Which move most movies don't really unless they're like 
starring Kirk Cameron. They really don't touch. <laughs> like, unless they're really, like, kind of melodramatic dramas, religion's really not something you see, especially in comedy. Yeah. That's featured so heavily, but this movie... Unless it's a stand-up special by Ricky Gervais, and he's just a <laughs> piece of shit. I hate him. You oh, Really? I like him. I do not like him as an actor. That's interesting. Or, That's a hot take. That's a hot, hot take. But, but, yeah, so basically, this plot is pretty much just a... It's about religion. It's about... And not in, like, a religion sucks. Like, there's parts of that that pe- where characters are kind of bogus on their idea of a religion. But for the most part, I think this is a pretty optimistic look at religion. What it is is this movie is an argument for let people believe what they want. Yeah. It's not a... You, what you think is I'm stupid. I'm way smarter than you because I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. I'm so much smarter and cooler than you. Let me tell you why you're stupid instead of letting you be happy. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like Ricky Gervais, by the way. Okay. He's the most militant atheist I know, and it pisses me off every time he talks. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, so after I saw this movie, I, I had um, a delicious funk in Waffle with my friend. It's a Waffle place up in Syracuse. And they play funk music. They do. Um, and I was talking with her, and she comes from a family where like, her dad's a pastor and he's got a bunch of kids, and they're all to to a degree religious. And I was like, I think the the thing about this movie is, I think it's a really good movie for religious people to watch, but it's also extremely crass and <laughs> so R rated, almost X rated to a degree that I don't know. I've i kind of feel it's it sucks that religious people can't watch this because I feel like they would a lot of them would really get. There a are a couple of scenes that they could watch the big ones there wasn't a lot of cursing in, you know yeah like uh when he went on to the teleprompter the yeah. second time he didn't curse that much i don't think um just yeah there are a few scenes that everyone in the world should see not just religious people yeah it's because they're just so funny and and they do they do have a a little bit of a message and i'm usually i'm the kind of guy and you, i've talked about this on the show before i'm the kind of guy that i i don't like i don't Comedies annoy me because a lot of them try to have a story. Like the Jump Street movies, I think we've t- I've talked about that. I've just never really been a fan of the emotional angle. Like Josh likes those, and that's fine. I just that, that's just not what I look to a comedy for. I was raised on Airplane and the Naked Gun, where it's just it's comedy for ninety minutes. There's no like in this in a Seinfeld kind of way, no hugging, no learning, just jokes, <laughs> just funny situations, just jokes. Like those are my favorite kinds of comedies. Whereas this one. It did have a little bit of that, like, message and heartfelt stuff and character stuff, where, to be honest, that was one of the things that dragged it down a little bit for me, but at the same time, it really wasn't that long, and it really wasn't that stupid, because they were all food. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, this is still pretty stupid, and it's pretty silly, so I was able to forgive that, but um, I really, I did like how they they did that stuff. I didn't really, I didn't care about the characters, like, I didn't, I, I really wasn't concerned whether or not... Chris and Wig and Seth Rogen got together, but it was... Oh, but they sure did get together. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, they were entertaining, and I didn't roll my eyes too much, so I feel like that's... um, I should commend the movie for that, because most comedies, they do do that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about, Cody? Um, That scene that we alluded to earlier. Yeah, we might the, as well. <laughs> yeah, let's... Um... <laughs> so, Michael Sarah's character, he, get, he escapes the woman's house, the woman who bought them. He escapes her house, and he meets... And he, he bench Seth Rogen's death, not Seth Rogen's, uh, Jonah Hill's death in that movie. Kind of broke my He's heart like, a little bit. You need to jump. 
we'll counter jump on three. One, two, and then he stops and you just hear <laughs> Michael Sarah looks over and he's stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to imagine what must that have looked like to the woman. I, yeah, that's that's another thing I thought about. They did they did uh, give you kind of brief glimpses at what it looks like to them, but I feel like the the part with the, the with the food is exaggerated quite a bit because if you yeah. just saw this stuff happening, it would look ridiculous and it wouldn't make sense. But I don't know, it works. For, I think. Um, yeah, that would look silly though. But essentially, uh, Michael Sarah's character he ends up at the house of this guy, <laughs> and you can tell this movie's been on the shelf for a while because they refer to bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically he buys bath salts from a drug dealer and he shoots up and he <laughs> sees that the food like it puts you into the dimension mm-hmm. like the, they for, mentioned like oh the they're seeing in the fourth dimension which was so kind of there's a scene where um <laughs> james franco's character talk his name is druggy by the way oh yeah <laughs> um just actually converses with the food and he's like i'm sorry and with the toilet paper <laughs> The toilet paper. What does he do to you? You don't even want to know. <laughs> His face. He just he was so he was so sad. Oh god. Hysterical. Um. So yeah, there was that happens, and then he falls asleep because he's on drugs. Yeah. And then when he wakes back up, he like starts to eat the food, and he grabs Michael Serica, who's the sausage, and he starts to, and he. The last thing you see is him dropping Michael Serica's Michael Serica's character. Water. Yeah. In a boiling water, it just cuts there, and it goes back to the um, back to the to the supermarket where like they they have a plan and they're like okay well we gotta we gotta like we gotta do something we gotta fight these guys we gotta show them who we are we gotta stamp for ourselves and stuff like that and you just and you see i don't know if you see or you hear michael sarah he show he shows <laughs> up and he's i can't remember what he says but he's like let show it, them this yeah like let it go boys or whatever and the head of the druggie falls out of Falls out of the uh, bag, just lays there on the top of the shelf. Like, his severed head, he's dead as hell. Like, actually dead. Like, completely, 100% dead. And they do, they do a little flashback where he just kind of, he fumbles around in, like, a sword that was hanging or an axe that was hanging above his... Um... Accidentally decapitates him. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we figured out how to drive. I was like, what? Thanks like for a, skipping over that. <laughs> I guess if an octopus and a fish can do it, why can't they? But, you know, going back to Finding Dory a little bit. Which, by the way, did you know that the Red Band trailer for this movie played in front of Yeah, Finding I heard. Dory? My mom told me this morning, or uh, when I got home. That's... And I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Seth Rogen tweeted out, he's like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. It's <laughs> like, you go, Seth. I bet he was so sorry. But, <laughs> I don't think he was. Uh... <laughs> Those kids must have just grown up immediately. Yeah, they, they became men and women right there. That day, just Bam! But just that moment was I lost my mind. Like that more so than the Hitler moment, more so than just some of the other ridiculous things. I just died. What? How'd you react to that? So yeah, when his the head fell onto the fucking shelf. <laughs> yeah. I died. It <laughs> killed me laughing. It was so funny because it just came out of nowhere. You had <laughs> no reason to expect that that was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And it just shows like we can kill them. Just like what? <laughs> it came oh, it was so out of the blue and the, the best part is that that, that di- after that happened there was like a very long dialogue scene between them we just see and it's just there he just had his in the background and like when when all the stuff was happening and like the battle was going on at right that happened right afterwards where and i just i kept thinking it's like the head is just sitting there it's just, <laughs> nobody knows but it's just there and the the so they have this whole uprising and the way they do that is they they put 
they they melt down bath salts like you would inject heroin into your <laughs> system, and they they douse toothpicks in them, and they shoot people. Shoot people. They shoot oh the people God. in them, and then they just kill everybody. It's ridiculous. Like and when um. My, another great scene in that whole battle is when the Mentos just lets loose and oh my god he kills himself. Oh, that was the best scene. And then the cola. Because you got the, the sodas like it's better to die of free candy <laughs> than to live oppressed, and he just lets it go. And they do the Mentos and soda into this guy's mouth, and the guy's head fucking explodes. <laughs> it just blows up. Oh, it's so dumb. It's it's. Oh, it was so funny. It's uh, as soon as I saw them together, I knew where it was going, but. Oh, it was so funny. I gotta say, my second favorite scene, my my second favorite scene in what in a moment in like a comedy where the the male and the female protagonists or just characters because like this happens in all romantic movies they they split up at some point. Yep. So when that happens and Frank goes to the like the dark aisle or something and you just hear I do anything for love but I won't do that by me. <laughs> fucking me. And then it's he an shows up thing of meatloaf. as a thing. I was like, I was sitting with my friend. I was like, please, please, please. And he like knew what I was going to think because he loves I like meatloaf. And he's like, I don't think they're going to do it. I was like, please, please, please. And then it shows up and it's meatloaf singing as a thing of meatloaf. It was. Uh, Is there anything more perfect than that? No. Like that that movie. I'm maybe was that movie that might have been written just so they could do that joke. And I just would be for the one joke, and that's okay. <laughs> and I would do it. And then he, and then later on, the, the same meatloaf is doing bad out of hell. It's just, <laughs> it's perfect. It's so, so perfect. Uh, what, I, do, what other scenes or moments or characters or performances stand out to you, Cody? Uh, Salma Hayek. Oh right. Uh, the taco that was so funny. Not just a taco. A lesbian taco. <laughs> yes. The, uh... <laughs> Which is very funny in multiple ways. Obviously. Ridiculous. Just look up uh, a dictionary for that, but um, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, see what else we got here. The, the douche character at the end, where he inserts himself into Paul Rudd's character, who's the 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 manager, who's like kind of a who's a dick, <laughs> and he just like he he basically is a like Geppetto's him. <laughs> he just uh-huh. up his ass and he controls what he does, <laughs> and the way they kill him, oh my, that was amazing. I'm trying to remember how they do it. Uh, so they have like those propane tanks. Oh yeah, yeah. And they like they turn the <laughs> they, somehow they turn the supermarket into like a raceway, and then they shoot him up into the air, and he just explodes, like with there's fireworks, and he just shoots at the top and blows up. That was amazing. That was uh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, so I guess uh, with more of the religious stuff, it's again going into the whole philosophical things about this. This is a very grown up movie. Like it's oh, not. Yeah. It's. I think the the best comparison for this movie is South Park, where yeah, it's uh-huh. ridiculous, over the top, violent, profane You're doing things it happen. For a reason. Yeah, but there's just there's whether you want to admit it or not, there's a lot of intelligence behind this. Like they really these arguments are very well thought out and well presented, and you know not just like <laughs> you're stupid for liking exactly for God, and it's just yep. just like South Park is. It's like they like they they've had episodes where they they call like you know. They say, like, uh, like the Mormon episode. You know that episode of South Park? All about oh, Mormons. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Yeah. yeah, they, like, they... That's the soundtrack of, like, the... Telling the history of Mormonism. And we're like, this is stupid, but... The people that practice Mormon Mormonism are, like, super nice. Like, they're genuinely <laughs> good people. Like, they're great, super nice, super caring, kind, giving, affectionate people. So what are we... Like, yeah, it's silly, but what are we to tell them anything different? Like, that's the whole episode of South Park. Exactly, yeah. The, the trapped in the closet, they just shit on Scientology, which 
Scientology is kind of a scam. They deserve it because it's not a real religion. Yeah, it's a scam. Like that's then you're you're good there because that's not a religion. But like it, it's it's pessimistic while it, without being mean. Uh huh. Yes, which is something I greatly admire from them because it's a daily struggle for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I like to think I'm a little nicer, but um, but yeah, it just but, it was it's one of the most intelligent movies I've seen all year. Just which is a weird thing to say about. Sausage party. Movie about food. <laughs> but I gotta be honest, it is. Um, what else did you like, Cody? Some likes and dislikes? Likes. I liked pretty much everything. I. The one thing I really disliked about this movie, I told you already. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked uh, the on-running joke with uh, the douche character. Whenever he would end a sentence, he would say something food-related. And then that food <laughs> would be like, what? <laughs> no. And by the end of it, he's like... No, don't even do it. Yeah, he just he just says them all like ketchup, mustard, and like mayonnaise. He's like, no, don't you say one fucking thing. <laughs> but what was shoot? What was the one when they were in the aisle? It was it was douche, and then like the bun, the taco, and then the the bagel and the other thing. Uh-huh. And I can't remember what he said. It was so like he says like all right, so he says okay, the word say so... and then so okay so and then case was like yeah, just that was just a stretch. Just get out of here. This is a stretch, and you fucking know it. <laughs> <laughs> and another another really intelligent part about this since we we bring it i since you brought it up is um uh shoot yeah kareem abdul lavash and sammy <laughs> bagel jr oh my god i loved it where they were uh, one was a muslim and one was a jew like that's you know and it was just like <laughs> yeah like and they, they they're like going over like isn't there enough room in the aisle for both of you guys and then they're just like no, like, fuck you. Yeah, no. like Pakistan and Israel. It's it, yeah, okay. it's not even a subtle allegory. But yeah, it, it's really funny. It's really funny, and it's you know maybe maybe it's undercut by the ending. That's I think that's you know I think you would say that more than me, Cody. But yeah, absolutely, because then they. But the idea behind it was pretty smart. Yeah, it was it was very intelligent, and just, I, Sammy Bagel Jr. was one of my favorite characters. He was oh, just he was the best. I I, maybe I'm an asshole for saying this, but Jewish stereotypes are really funny to me. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't. I like Jewish people. I don't really know too many, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's just so. <laughs> it's kind of like really just the way he acts. It's so it's really funny. It made me laugh. So what's wrong with that? But yeah, you know, yeah, this the relationship between those two up until the ending, which I'll agree was really stupid. Not the ending overall, but just how their storyline ends up. Kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, but before that, I think I like I said, I think it was really funny. Um, definitely made me laugh. Yes. Uh, anything else? It was a funny movie. Just I've got nothing I would need to talk about. Okay. Um, I'm trying to jog my memory to see if there's anything else, but I guess I just got out of this, so I'm st- I'm still pretty fresh, and I'm yeah, I'm really I'm high on this movie. Same so. here. Uh, and and you did get a weed smoking scene, like oh, every separate... every every other scene. Exactly. Was, <laughs> it was funny though. Yeah. Because yeah. they were smoking at a kazoo, which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I want to note is that this movie. Do you know how how much this movie was made for? Was it cheap or expensive? Just try to guess. Just looking at the movie. Hundred million. You think a hundred million dollars? Too much. Fifty million. I'm not telling you either way. So just I'm locking a guess. Fifty. I'm at fifty. Fifty is your guess? Yeah. It was made for nineteen million dollars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Granted, it's not the best animation in the world, but it's not the worst. Nineteen million dollars is a good ch- chunk of money. It- Definitely already made its money back, right? Oh, absolutely. It's going to make its money back today, probably. <laughs> like, I think this is this is a perfect 
movie to come out post Deadpool. Like an R-rated comedy that you de- that normally isn't a comedy. Like the way Deadpool is like, well, superheroes aren't R-rated and funny in the same way that well, animated movies aren't R-rated and funny. Huh. Like this is the perfect time for this thing to come out, and I'm I think it's gonna do really well. I I would guess when it's all said and done, this movie I think it's gonna hit close to like 200, 250 million dollars gross. Wow. I really think so. I think this is gonna play extremely well, and it's just gonna give. It's it's gonna be it's like. Because this is by far the best comedy of the year and of the summer. Yeah, I'm just, trying to think. Um, I, I mean, Mike and Nice Dave, Guys was great. Yeah, that wasn't really a traditional comedy. Yeah, that was different. Yeah, that was more of a crime sort of. It was a crime comedy in a way. But this is like a straight up. And Seth Rogen is still, like, he's he's been he's been one of the top comedic dogs for a really long time. So, yeah. because I think he's earned it there. He's insanely funny and he made another great movie here, I think. But do you think that his charm is ever gonna run out? Honestly, if it hasn't yet, I don't know when it does. Cause like usually comedy, comedy you get between four and seven, like between four and eight years about for to to stay sort of relevant and to stay like for your comedy to be relevant. Whereas uh-huh. I don't know, I have really haven't seen him show any signs of slowing down. I mean, Sausage Party is like this might be. Well, right along with Superman, this might be one of his best movies. Oh, absolutely. And he's such say. a... And another thing he has going for him is that, like, I guess the best comparison I can make to him is Jim Carrey. Oh, boy. Like, Except they, he's funny. Yeah, like, I think people I think people can relate to and can look at Seth Rogen as a person more than Jim Carrey. Well, Jim Carrey has just, been relevant since the 70s, too, and that's what his movies are made out of. Who? who like, Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. His movies are mostly about weed when he comes down to it. Right. Looking at you, Pineapple Express. Yeah, but like he's got like Neighbors just came out and that was a huge oh, hit. And people I never saw it. that. Yeah. I mean, so I don't like it. Yeah. This is and the end was big. Pineapple this is the end Express was funny. Or super that was bad. good. Yeah. Not Michael Sarah in this was the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Legend. Absolutely legend. But like, I don't know. I don't know when Seth Rogen and and the other another thing is he's a great dramatic actor i never saw 50 50 is he actually well you did see steve jobs oh, i forgot yep. he's was <laughs> he was was like this guy i don't i think he's awesome and i think he's got a really long uh career ahead of him because i think yeah. he can jump in and out of different things and i think i want him to do another dramatic role actually yeah he's uh, he he's doing um he's in the masterpiece do you know what that is no it's James Franco's movie based on The Room. <laughs> that's awesome. He's playing the, the script supervisor of, of the movie. So that's kind of a smaller when little movie. are we going to do our episode on The Room? I, I would – I think – I don't think we should do an episode. I think we should read, do a script reading. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. It would be so fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Seth Rogen, he has also got a – a comedy drama movie coming out again, directed by James Franco. So Franco's doing a lot of directing. Jeez, yeah, he Called... has like ten. Yeah. He has like ten movies in post production right now. He, yeah, I read a Rolling Stone article on him, and like he just he's always doing something. It's insane. But uh, so yeah, just going back to it, Seth Rogen. I think he's going to be around for a really long time. I think he's going to scale back the comedies a little bit more. So he'll be like, I think he's going to be starting pretty soon. He'll be a once every four years kind of guy where he makes a comedy once every four years and uh-huh. spends his other time either doing something kind of small and zany or 
something um, dramatic, like a Steve Jobs or something like that. Because I want to see him team up with yeah. Well, who's a good director? Oh wow! I want like a Wes Anderson movie. I think would be good with him. I think he would do. I, this is this may be just because he's my guy and I love him. But I think he would do really well in a Fincher movie. I think it's kind of hard to do poorly in a Fincher movie, though. Well, he doesn't like you. Like, he gets 100 takes out of you, so there's exactly. the good's going to come out. But I don't know. I I just – I really like Seth Rogen. I know people get annoyed with him, but I just think he's a goldmine. And he's – I just think I just think he's super talented, and I he can do anything, I think. He's not my least favorite Canadian actor. Yeah. I don't know who my favorite is, though. So it's probably him. Fuck. I would, yeah, I, I would be, <laughs> I'd be hard pressed to find somebody else. I'd say probably Leslie Nielsen just for the body of work. He's the best, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't forget about him. And they're remaking those movies. They're re- they're oh. remaking the Naked Gun movies with Ed Helms. That's Hitler. That's that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean it's not. I know it's. Granted, I'm not. I know it's not. It's just not going to be as good. So I'm not really too <laughs> bummed about that. But you know, it's still don't ruin things I love. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh. So that's Sausage Party. Any final thoughts? No. I'm ready to... Actually. Grade it up. Sequel for this movie. No, please. No, thank you. No? Okay. No. I think that this is a fine, meta, self-contained story. I do not need a sequel. Okay. The sequel would suck. It probably would. But if this movie... If this movie pulls $250 million, like I think it will... And what's... You know, I'm... (laughs) It's better this than a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah. So that's just my thoughts. But all right, let's give it a grade, Cody. Okay. Start us off. I'm going to give this movie an eight. Okay. Would have got a nine, but they fucked it up. But what if it if if the ending weren't there, what holds it back from being a ten? I thought you'd go nine. I was going to go nine. Oh, never mind. You're right. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's not the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life, but okay. All right. And it was it was really really great, but it wasn't the best. <laughs> okay. Know. Uh, I am gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give this a nine and a half. Ooh. Yeah, I don't. It's not quite ten territory, but it's really freaking good, and <laughs> I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And there's that's the third animate like my th- or my second favorite animated movie of the year, which is kind of crazy to say. Because I ended up, I like this more than Zootopia, which is, wow. I did not expect. So, there you have it. All right, well, way to get that Suicide Squad stink out of our mouth. Uh, with <laughs> Your mouth. Oh. Well, I liked it. I did, yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk, uh, what have you been watching, reading, and listening to this week, Cody? Uh, I bought a video game the other day mm. called No Man's Sky, which is basically Minecraft in space. Really? Yeah, I don't That's know if you've ever played Minecraft, but for fleeting moments, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, you won't like the movie. That was it. Was, it I, was the game? Yeah, when I when I played that when I played that game, I that was the first time I ever thought I do not understand the new generation. <laughs> that was the first time I ever thought that, and it was kind of an amazing moment. But um, yeah, but what what do you like about it? It's just it's a fun exploration game. You get to fly around in space. It's it's just fun. It's a really chill game. You can just hang out, watch a podcast, listen to music, watch a movie while you play the game. It's kind of mindless, but it's fun. That's good. Cool. I'm glad you... I also saw a movie. I almost forgot. Mm. I watched the movie Frank. 
Oh, uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. I, it's I, fucking I, weird. <laughs> um, it's got Donald Gleason in it too. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. I'm gonna just have to put it out there. I love him. It the movie was really good. It was about friendship and what a band. It was just and the music was good. It was good. I would suggest it. So my question for you is, how odd is it? And well, I guess do these does he, does this and Room mesh together? Because it's the same director, and these were his last two movies. No, these movies are so different. It hurts. Okay. Like, oh, uh, they're nothing like alike. Interesting. I thought they I would, would be like a little similar. Not really. No. Okay, that's interesting. Um. Wow. Dom Hall Gleason, his one of his next movies is um one ones with Tom Cruise <laughs> with uh so it's the same guy that did Edge of Tomorrow and oh he's joining up with Tom Cruise for a, a movie that was formerly called American or formerly called Mina or Mena. Now it's called American Made. It's like a criminal dream, drama thriller. It's Tom Cruise and Dom Hall Gleason and a bunch of other random people. But that sounds kind of awesome. And he's also doing a futile and stupid gesture, which is an American autobiographical film based on Josh Karp's book of the same name, which is about... Oh, it's a history of National Lampoon. <laughs> Weird. That's interesting choice. But he's also working with Dar- Darren Aronofsky. Oh, God. Starring... A- so this is... This, here's the movie. It's, it's an untitled Darren Aronofsky movie. It's, it's called Day 6 at the moment. Probably will change. But the plot is a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer, Dom Hall Gleason, and Ed Harris. God, That's coming out in December of 2017, right after Star Wars. So that's going to be an awesome movie, I think. Javier Bardem, what was the last movie he's done? Not Skyfall, but it's been a while. I don't. I love. I like Javier Bardem. Oh, he's, he's great. I think he's a cool actor. Uh, cool. So as for me, I've gotten to see a couple of movies. Uh, I I watched Milk the other day, about Harvey Milk. So I watched that on TV once. Yeah, good movie. Uh, very good movie actually. Sean Penn gives an amazing performance, like one of the best performances I think I've ever seen. Uh, it's. It's heartbreaking. It's it's one of the more emotional experiences I've had watching a movie in a really really long time, and it's just it's so it's just so it's really it's just really really good. And I recommend everybody watch it just to just for the subject matter because it really makes you empathetic and it's it helps. I mean, granted, gay people have it pretty a lot better these days than they did back then, like a lot better because this this movie is a lot about prop prop six, which was uh. I think it was it was a band blocking gay marriage or just or gay rights or something like uh-huh. that in California. And this movie is a lot about how Harvey Milk played into that, and it's really it's it's really heartbreaking, but it's also extremely inspiring because these are like one of my best friends is gay, and just to know that they that just gay people all around don't have to deal with bullshit like stuff that they had to deal with in the 70s anymore is great. And this is such an important story, and I I just I recommend everybody watch this movie and for nothing more than to see the last good Sean Penn movie that was released <laughs> in 2008. Cause now he's just kind of a douche, which makes me sad. 
but whatever. Um, he'll, Smart he'll... people go insane half the time. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, but what are you gonna do? Also, uh, Javier Bardem is in the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, that's disgusting. He's playing Captain Salazar. And then, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. But the other movie that I watched that is immediately I'm gonna I can call one of my favorite movies, Spirited Away. Oh, you saw it? Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki. Holy shit. What like I'm I'm the kind of person that I really don't get when people I, I don't put much merit into people calling a movie better than another movie because I feel like it really just comes down to whether you like a movie or not. Like you personally, whether you like it for whatever reasons you like it, that's that's what that's what matters. Not if you think anything's better, but after just after seeing Spirited Away, I'm convinced that this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Wow! Like it's, I think it's up there with Godfather. It's up there with um something like Dark Knight, Citizen Kane. Better than the Princess Mononoke. Mononoke, yes, far better than Princess Mononoke. That like, was this a joke, is... by the way. I know it's called Mononoke. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as a, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's incredible. I think it's the best animated movie I've ever seen. Period. I love Pixar. Toy Story is great, but this jump, this leapfrogs it. Wow. It's it's just incredible, and I I I can't say enough good things about it. It's just it's a perfect movie, and I can't wait to watch it every six months for the rest of my life and it's it's that kind of a movie and i'm just wow. always going to come back to it wow like wow it's not to see it <laughs> it'll change your life bro it'll change your life but that's all i got pretty pretty chill week i've been doing a lot of uh just kind of waiting to die with all the the heat that upstate new york has been getting just, waiting for it to rain i just want yeah. it to rain it rained a lot today so that's good uh, but Cody, any final thoughts? Any final? I've got nothing for you. Okay. That's... All right. Well, uh, coming up next week, we should be talking about War Dogs. War Dogs, yep. Can you tell in my voice how excited I am to see? You love Miles Teller. We, he is the patron saint of this podcast. He's not. He's never will be. Uh... He's not the waifu <laughs> the of who? the podcast. The waifu. The wife. Oh, yeah. True. That is true. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, War Dogs coming up. And then we got uh, August 26th. We'll have an interesting little sort of off the rails movie that we'll reveal at a later date. And, probably next week. Yeah, probably next week. And then <laughs> we got uh, some other movies coming up The Light Between Oceans. This is a really, this is a big month for me, I think. Light Between out. Oceans on September 2nd. Really? S- yeah. Sully on September 9th. Snowden oh. on September 16th. Like, oh boy. Oh, we have to see Sully. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's Tom Hanks. Uh, Just see it for Tom Hanks. Even if uh, that movie's gonna be so boring. I think it's gonna be good. It's basically gonna be Flight from with Denzel Washington. That's even worse. Don't say that. I didn't like Flight. Really? No, Flight was just a two-hour episode of Intervention. It was boring. Interesting. But yeah, so fun, fun couple months ahead of us. Josh will be joining the fold at some point in the next few weeks. No pressure on him though. But we certainly do miss him. We love him. Uh, then. we're just, we're just, it's time to start the waiting game. The waiting game to Star Wars. The, the big ass W. Yeah. The ro- rogue one. I think, I think personally, I think we're going to get a, a teaser for episode eight. Right before, either, probably right before uh, Rogue One attached the to it. The dream is that it's just 
that last shot of The Force Awakens mm-hmm. just for a full minute. <laughs> With them still staring at just each other? Just still staring at each other. And then the last like second, Luke's like, what? And then it cuts off. Or just say, what if he like says the title? Shadow of the Empire. Shadow of the Empire. Yeah, what, so what, what do you think that Star Wars Episode Eight title is going to be? If you had to guess. Um, Kylo's Day Off. Hmm. I think it's gonna be. This is. I'm just. This is. I'm just thinking about this now because I haven't put much thought into possible episode eight title. I. I think it's gonna be called Star Wars Episode Eight: Reign of the Jedi. Reign of the Jedi, Revenge of the Resistance. I think it'd be Revenge of the First Order. I don't know. Like the First Order Strikes Back. <laughs> like of course Stop. the the previous six movies they've been very like pulpy like Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, a new well not technically a New Hope but I don't know I think I think they're going to get back to that to something more kind of pulpy and quirky but I don't know we'll see because like Shadow of the Empire I think is kind of lame it just doesn't feel like Star Wars it just it feels like a title for a Star Wars movie I don't know we'll have to wait and see though. All uh, right, Cody. Okay. Let's say let's say farewell today. So for Cody and Mason, this is the Real Flicks Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Real Flicks. Email us at realflixpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, leave the ever-important iTunes reviews. <gasps> Five stars, poor for four. Be a Just big do help. it, guys. Just do it. Yeah, then we'll move up in the rankings, and we're, we're going to take down those turds at fil- film spotting one of these days. <laughs> now, if you want to listen to a pretentious movie podcast, that's the one. That's your go-to. I listened to a top ten movies of all time one podcast from there, and I didn't even I knew I knew like three of them. Like, Seven Samurai. No, I knew that uh, one. No, they were like, you ever heard Elephant? No. Yeah, it's a school shooter movie from the nineties. It's weird. Anyway. Cinema Paradiso. Heard of that one? Yeah, I tried watching it the other day. National Treasure, obviously. Of that course. That needs Criterion. I was in. I was buying movies today. Criterion that up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you later, Cody. Take it easy. Bye. Like I'm alive again